With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday evening in Pittsburgh. And wherever you're watching this or listening to this podcast in Steeler Nation, I hope it's a lovely night for you as well. It should be right. It's uh, it is after all. July the 8th as I'm doing this podcast. So if it's not nice for you, all right, I'd like to know where that is because I don't want to go there in July. And before I start, I got to bring this up. Uh, it's from George Teston. And he says, Happy birthday, Pittsburgh Steelers and Jack Lambert. Speaking of July 8th, that is right. In 1933, on this very day, the Steelers were founded by the Chief Art Rooney, the team's original owner and legendary figure. And I don't know when Jack Lambert was born. Uh, maybe 19... That yeah, doesn't matter. But anyway, he was born on this date uh, in 1950-something. And he is, of course, uh, celebrating a birthday today, and he's one of the best... Steelers who ever donned the black and gold. So uh, happy birthday to both the Steelers and the team that drafted Jack Lambert. Or wait a minute. I said that wrong. Happy birthday to the Steelers and Jack Lambert. All right. 
And before I continue, as always, I please ask you to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Behind the Show Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night. If you were tuning in earlier <clears throat> on Friday, excuse me, you saw the Touchdown Under show with Maddie Peverall and filling in for Mark Davidson, an ill Mark Davidson uh, tonight was Andrew Wilbar, the Wonderkin, the up and coming uh, football expert, the draft expert. Uh, so that was a fine show. And um, again, get well to Marky, Marky D. So you can watch, you can watch Touchdown Under on, on Fridays along with the six pack. Uh, Saturdays we have, oh gosh, do we have a show on Saturday? I don't know. Sunday we have Bad Language. We have with, with Brian Anthony Davis. We have We Run the North with Kevin Tate. Monday we have The Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis. Shannon White and yours truly. Tuesday we have the Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and his brother Rich. Wednesday we have Know Your Enemy in the regular season. The Curtain Call during the offseason, and that's with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon White. Thursday we have the Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. And I think that's all the live shows. I'm sure there might be some I'm missing, but just... Wherever you, you, you find uh, YouTube podcasts, you can find any live show. And, of course, you can catch all of our live shows also live on Facebook. So please check that out. And you can ch- check out all those shows behind the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. Wherever you find podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Behind Still Curtain's channel. And, again, we bring you so much content, you won't be sorry. And we also have a, a audio-only host of shows that we bring you each and every week in the off season during the season. doesn't matter. We never stop including let's ride with Jeff Hartman from the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict. We have the stat geek with Dave Schofield. We have what Yin's talking about with Kyle Kreiss. Uh, we have the war room with Maddie Peverall. We have the Steelers fix with, with Jeremy Betts and, and, and Andrew. And again, you can find those on any audio platform. Please check it out. And of course, check out Behind the Still Curtain, the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. Anytime there's Steeler news, we're going to have it for you. So please, please check us out. Now, I wanted to do something tonight. I, I wanted to introduce a new format, but I'm not sure if I, if I did it correctly. I'm trying to figure that out right now on the go. And that's, I wanted to, introduce a a new feature Let's see if I have it here yes all right I think I let's see if I can get that on here I, I'm not sure ah well it's bad radio so I'm not even gonna try but I wanted to in, introduce a new feature tonight and that's to to give you guys a six pack of questions to answer as I'm going on and doing my my topics so i will read them off to you right now i'll read them off on my phone because that's that's why i have it with me i usually don't have my phone by me but first question and i'll get to these after i'm done with my with my topics and i I, will go over them together in class and the first question is now that baker mayfield was traded from the browns to the panthers do you find yourself pulling for him more or less or are you totally indifferent that first question is brought to you by Jeff 
Hartman. And question number two, also by Jeff. The starting quarterbacks on Thursday night football in week three between the Steelers and the Browns will be dot, 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 who? Question number three, also by Jeff. Other than TJ Watt and Cam Hayward, who has the most, the next most sacks for the Steelers in 2022? And that person beat out either TJ Watt or Cam Hayward or both. A tall task, right? But you never know. Question number four, last question by Jeff. The Steelers have nine regular season road games for the first time in team history. You know, the new 17-game schedule. Uh, Last year, they had nine home games. This year, they get nine road games. What do you think the Steelers' road record needs to be in order for them to have a successful season? And those are Jeff's four questions, and I have two of my own. It is my show, after all. And and question number five, of all the non-Steelers games in the history of the NFL, which is your favorite which brings you the uh, most fond memories or the fondest memories, correct grammar. So that's question number five. And question number six, if you're around my age, or even if you're younger, I don't know. It's, they're still around, by the way. Did you grow up watching NFL films? And if you did, how much did it, did it influence your love for the game of football? And as a little bonus, um, who was your favorite narrator? Was it John Facenda, Harry Callis, the, the very underrated Jeff K, Larry Richard, local Pittsburgh radio personality, uh, has done some uh, voiceover work for, the, for NFL films over the years. He even did a Miami Dolphins uh, season highlights uh, show way back in the, I think it was like the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in there. It was really wild to hear. Of course, he's Dan Marino's uh, brother-in-law, so maybe that's why. He did that, but he also does a lot of work for the Steelers. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he only does Steelers work at this point. He is their PA announcer during home games. So those are the six questions. And I'm sorry if I screwed up the banner. I'll have to, I'll have to go over that with Brian at, at, an, at an <laughs> another. I, I, I have the uh, the questions written or, or, or typed in, but I can't seem to get it to, to scroll, but that's okay. I'll figure that out with uh, with Brian at another time. Oh, well. All right. I don't want to give you any more bad radio, so I'll stop worrying about that. I'll go back to the live chat. Let's see what we have in the live chat before I get on to my topics tonight. And we have who was first in? Jared Devils, number one. Of course, George Teston, who wished the Steelers and Jack Lambert a happy birthday. Sherry Richards is with us. Uh, Kathy Forehead, State of the Steelers, uh, David Renshaw, that's a, a new name. Welcome, David. He joins us from Facebook. Joseph Wilson, another uh, a new face, as far as I'm concerned anyway, from YouTube. Brian Brown, always with us. John C. is with us. I don't know why I have Joseph up there. I don't know why I have his... his uh... Okay, there we go. We got rid of that. All right. Raw John 39. Lon Campbell's with us. Okay, let's get to the tonight's show. And as the title suggests, the Steelers should be lucky that they found Dan Moore Jr. in the fourth round of the 2020 NFL, or I'm sorry, the 2021 NFL draft. Left tackle out of Texas AM. Um, 
if you read the the his profile after he was drafted, he was either a bargain. You know, uh, 2021 was considered a deep class for offensive tackles. And some publications said that in a different year, he might have been drafted a little bit higher than the fourth round. Other people were saying he was a reach at, <laughs> in the fourth round. Um, but he was strictly strictly a left tackle. And as far as analytics, he only gave up, I think, two sacks out of 327 dropbacks in his senior year or his last year at Texas A&M. So that was pretty good. So I thought, you know, he had a chance to be a, a decent uh, player eventually. But he started turning hench right away in a training camp last year at Heinz Field. And he beat out the competition and became the left tackle, the starting left tackle to start the season. And you might say that was by default because Zach Banner never quite recovered from his torn ACL from the previous season. So Shooks a core four. Uh, remained at right tackle and Moore was the starting left tackle. But I mean, Moore started 16 games and he did fairly well for a rookie fourth round pick. Uh, I'm not saying he was a Pro Bowl player. I'm not saying he was Anthony Munoz. If you're old, you probably know who that is. If you're younger, you have no idea. Look him up. One of the all time great left tackles, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, uh, but you know, I think he's somebody the Steelers should be excited about, the fans should be excited about, because, you know, when you draft somebody in the fourth round, you don't necessarily expect them to make an impact right away. You hope that maybe eventually they can grow into a starter, but the odds suggest that a fourth round pick is going to be a backup and a role player and uh, a special teamer, you know, that kind of thing. But yet Dan Moore became a starter in his rookie year and he, Again, he did okay for himself. But this entire offseason, including recently, we keep uh, hearing concerns about the, the offensive line, which I get as a whole. Overall, I get I get those concerns. But like I've been saying, you weren't going to take five old guys from 2020 and replace them with five young guys in 2021 and expect everything to, go, to be hunky-dory expect the transition to go smoothly and expect that there wouldn't be growing pains, um, which there were a lot of last year. There were a lot of growing pains with the offensive line. Um, but there were some bright spots, namely more junior. He was a bright spot, you know, and he's back. Uh, um, they went out and they, they, they signed Mason Cole. He's their presumptive starting center heading into 2022. Uh, they went out and signed Jeff Daniels. He's without a doubt, their starting right guard heading into 2022. Uh, they, they signed, uh, they re-signed Shuksakora for to be their starting right tackle. And, and you can, you can uh, talk about the team friendly deal, but they didn't sign him to a, the, the kind of deal they did, which was worth about 9 million, at least for one year if they didn't want him to be their starting right tackle in 2022 and you have uh, Kevin Dotson as your left guard, presumably heading into a camp, but I think he has some competition in Kendrick green, who was the third round pick out of, out of Illinois in 2021. And he was, a, he started, started out as the center for them. And then he lost his job at the end of the year. Kevin Colbert said it was due to injury, but you know, his performance really was, uh, 
below the line to quote Mike Tomlin last last year, and he lost his job at the end of the year, and now he's officially moved over to guard. So, uh, it's a completely different vibe now with this line, and I think even though they struggled a lot last year, there's a lot to be excited about or hopeful about this uh, heading into 2022. And uh, you, know, you keep again, you keep hearing concerns about the line. You keep hearing um, proposals for for trades or um, for them to sign somebody like Eric Fisher, the veteran uh, left tackle previously of the Chiefs, I believe, and and the Colts. Um, former Pro Bowl player, thirty one years old, he's still out there. You know, some other guys people have talked about, but again, when you have some, when you find somebody in the draft like Dan Moore, you want him to continue to develop as your left tackle. You want him to continue to improve and you want him to remain the starter because, and Dave Schofield says this all the time, you can't have a high pedigree player at every position. You can't have a star at every position. You can't have a pro bowl player at every position. You need to go be able to find guys uh, later than just the first, second or third round. Um, you need to be able to, to develop fourth-round picks, fifth-round picks, seventh-round picks, undrafted free agents. Uh, you need to go out and find those street free agents, like, like they say. Like, like they went out and um, a guy like Matt Filer, for example, or, or uh, Chris Hubbard, those kind of guys. You need to be able to find those guys and develop them because, because you can't rely on, on, on high-pedigree players to, to, to hit all the time, to, to develop into, into – starters or, or stars or, or superstars. Uh, sometimes you have to, you have to find diamonds in the rough. And to me, that's what Dan Moore is. And, you know, again, I, I just don't get why people aren't more, I, I, I hate to even say the word excited because it's hard to get excited about an offensive lineman, but why they're not more content with him heading into 2022. Because, uh, the Steelers are a young team. You know, they're, they're, they're way younger now. Not now that big Ben is, uh, has retired and, 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 you know, Joe Hayden is not back uh, for 2022, at least not yet. He's still out there. Um, you know, they, they went out and signed Levi Wallace. They went out and, 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 and re-signed Akilo Witherspoon. Obviously Terrell Edmonds is still really young. Uh, they have Mickey Fitzpatrick, uh, Larry Ogunjobi is, is is still fairly young, uh, you know. So overall, it's a, it's a really young team. So you know you want them to grow together as as a fifty three man unit. So you know somebody like an Eric Fisher or, or 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 some other position that you're concerned about. If if you were a contending team, uh, which we don't know what the Steelers are heading into twenty twenty two because we don't know what the quarterback is, what the how the quarterback position is going to shake out. Uh, you know, right now we know Mitch Trubisky is the number one on the, uh, on the, the uh, depth chart. Uh, Kenny Pickett's number three, Mace Rudolph's number two, but we don't know how that's all going to shake out by the end of training camp. And after that uh, development is determined, we don't know how that guy is going to perform. So we don't know what the Steelers are right now. If we knew for a fact that this was a contender, this is one of the best teams in football, 
one of those top five or six teams in football that Sam Weiss used to talk about uh, all the time that you could, you could tell who the top few teams were just by watching tape every year before the season starts. Uh, if they were one of those kind of teams, then yeah, maybe you go out and you get an Eric Fisher, you go out and get a, 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 a cornerback, you go out and get a, a veteran receiver, somebody like that. Um, maybe you go out and get a, a, a D'Angelo Williams type backup running back to back up Najee Harris. But right now, I think the Steelers, the, the expectations aren't there. I mean, we could talk about the standard as a standard, but right now the expectations aren't to the point where people are, are demanding Super Bowl or bust. So they're in a, they're in a really, I think, neat place where it's, it's kind of a rebirth for them as an organization. Uh, they parted ways with Ben or, you know, he retired, you know, uh, so it's kind of like after Chuck Norr retired following the 1991 season, 30 years later, um, you know, when they brought in Cowher and he was, a he, he reinvigorated the franchise and, uh, as an extension, the entire fan base in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, he kind of, the, the, the franchise was reborn under Bill Cowher in, in a sense. So they, they have that opportunity again uh, with a young team, obviously uh, led by a young quarterback. And no matter who the quarterback winds up being, he's going to be a, a young guy. So, uh, you know, why not let them all grow together? You know, so, that's how I, you know, when, when I see the, the, this constant concern about going out and getting a veteran tackle or going out and getting a veteran, this guy, or, or a veteran, that guy, it, it just, it, it doesn't track with what, where they are right now as a team. This is not that kind of a team at the moment where, where you have to be concerned to the point uh, that, that you, you cover every little detail. No, you have 53 uh, guys, and most of them are, are, are again, most of them are, are, are young. And, and you know, you owe it to yourself as, as, you know, if you're Mike Tomlin, if you're Omar Khan, Art II, you know, the whole front office and coaching staff, you owe it to yourself to find out what you have with these guys. And, you know, if you find out that you have something special down the road, if you want to shore up a certain area of your team, that's when you do that, but not right now. You got to see what you have with, with, with Dan Moore. You got to see if Shooks can, can develop into a, not just a, a, a passable. <laughs> that's probably a bad word to use for, for a right tackle, uh, an acceptable right tackle, an adequate right tackle, but somebody who can, who can take his game to a level beyond that or more. You got to find out about that. You got to find out um, if Alex Highsmith can, can, continue to grow as a player opposite TJ Watt. Um, uh, you got to find out if Devin Bush uh, can get back from that torn ACL. And if he can be one of the leaders on your defense for, you know, finally in, in his fourth year, uh, you got to find out about Pat Fryermuth. Does he have what it takes? Does he have it in him to be a pro bowl tight end to take the, uh, uh, the mantle from a, a, a Travis Kelsey or somebody else? Uh, you know, one of the, these great dynamic tight ends in the NFL, does he have that ability to, to, to be that kind of player? And obviously you get to find out about the quarterback situation. So, you know, those, those are, 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 to me, 
are the things that that are, are the major storylines heading in the training camp. Not you know should they go out and 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 bring in an, a, another veteran? Should they trade for somebody? Uh, it's just not that time right now, in my opinion. It's just not that time. So those are my thoughts on Dan Moore. And um, even though it's part of the six pack question um, questions, I should say. I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about Baker Mayfield and that trade. Uh, obviously, the Panthers got quite a bargain, in my opinion, because they they got Mayfield for a conditional draft pick in 2024, either a fourth or a fifth, depending on playing time for May, Mayfield. Uh, they only have to pick up a third of his salary. The Browns are picking up over 10 million, so you know. Uh, to me, I was always puzzled. Like I was always a, a bit puzzled or, or, or perplexed, I should say, about why the Browns soured on Mayfield after last year and why some of his teammates seemed to sour on him, including OBJ and some other people in the locker room. I, I don't get it. I mean, this is a guy that, that um, seemed to be heading in – heading in the right direction as a quarterback and taking the franchise in the, in the right direction um, through his first three seasons. Uh, he had a bit of, a bit of a hiccup last year, but he was hurt. He had a, he had a torn labrum and you could see him struggle with it all year. And you might say, well, it wasn't his throwing arm, but you could see when he would, when he was out there playing, he was limited because of that torn labrum. So I don't know why he lost the locker room, which has been, you know, reported. I don't know why um, the Browns thought that they needed to move on from him and make and, and be very vocal about it and be very intentional about it. And of course they went out and eventually after he was cleared of any criminal charges, they went out and they traded for Deshaun Watson traded multiple first round picks for him uh, and then agreed to a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. So I, you know, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson, if 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 he ever gets um, clear of these allegations from a from a NFL disciplinary standpoint and from a public opinion standpoint, if he ever can get clear of these, which is going to be a tall task for him, I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback or even a great quarterback, but guaranteeing any quarterback 230 million dollars is just to me almost unheard of. Oh, it isn't. It is unheard of. It's never happened before. So. Um, to set the market for him and to part ways with I, what I think is a perfectly fine quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's a huge risk for the Browns. And to me, it kind of reminds me of what the, uh, I, 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 it remi- it's a desperate move and it reminds me a lot of what the Pirates did in 2018 when they traded for Chris Archer at the trade deadline. They had just won 11 games in a row and, and, they were two years or three years removed from their last playoff um, appearance. And uh, they had drawn within two or three games of the last wild card. And they really didn't do anything huge during the three years that they made the playoffs in 2013 through 2015. And they faced a lot of scrutiny for it. And of course they never got as far as, uh, the furthest they got during that three-year span was the ALDS, or I'm sorry, the NLDS, which they lost in five games to the Cardinals in 2013. 
uh, the last two years. They lost in, in the in the wild card game, so they faced a lot of a lot of criticism for not going all in, quote unquote. So in 2018, when Chris Archer became available, they they gave away the farm to get him. They gave away their best young prospect, their, their best young offensive player at that time, Austin Meadows. They gave away um, a fine pitching prospect in Tyler Glass. He struggled here, but he found his uh, his stride after he left. And, of course, they, they, they traded away another prominent uh, prospect to get Chris Archer. And he was trending down. And he was never the, the player for them, the pitcher for them that they that they needed him to be. And eventually they had to part ways with him. So that's what this Browns move reminds me of. They had a perfectly fine quarterback in Baker Mayfield, somebody that I think when healthy could 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 uh, be one of one of the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. And instead, they they uh, totally uh, alienate him. Uh, they make it so that he doesn't want to play for them ever again. And they go out and they trade for Deshaun Watson. And um, to me, it looks like something that can blow up in their face. And I, I don't know how you feel about that. The, uh, the first question uh, in the six pack, but uh, I'm going to be rooting for Baker. I've always liked Baker Mayfield. always liked him. I appreciate his intensity, his, uh, his personality. Uh, I like the fact that he, that he, planted the uh, Oklahoma flag right in the middle of the uh, field at in Columbus when they beat the Buckeyes in 2017. I've always liked it. A lot of people don't like that kind of stuff, but I think it's it's highly entertaining. I think it it it, it shows uh, the kind of moxie that that you want in a in a starting quarterback. Um, again, the results with Mayfield have been uneven, but I think the, the, the talents. Uh, the, the talents there and if he's in and if he finds himself in the right situation and uh you know, you know if he gets the right coaching then i think he, he could be a, a really good quarterback and this is something that could come back and bite the browns in a big way so i'll be rooting for baker mayfield and i and uh on that note at the uh, 28 minute mark i will open things up to questions i will see what you guys had to say with, with the uh the six-pack questions let's uh Let's um, go back and take a look. All right. Sherry Richards says, and this isn't a six-pack question, but she says, Dan Moore was the steal, and he got forced into action last year. Yeah, he got forced into it. and But really, I think it was a combination of, of him being forced in and him just uh, blowing by everybody at training camp. I mean, he really – he was one of the, the earliest uh, – um, people you heard about in camp and, and he just kept improving as, as the summer went along and he won the job and, and he didn't do anything really to, to, he didn't, lo- he did not look like a liability. I mean, he, he might've struggled. He might've needed help um, at times, but he did not perform in such a way that they had to get him out of there. They had to put Joe Hagan as, as the left tackle that, that, that never happened last year. So I think there's something, there's room there for him to improve. And, and I think there's, there's, there's a lot to be excited about with him. And this is one of the uh, six-pack questions. This is from Brian Brown, and he says, favorite non-Steelers game, 1979 NFC Championship game, LA Rams, nine, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, zero. That was in Tampa Bay. We all know what happened to the Rams after that. That was actually one of the first games I remember watching as a uh, seven-year-old. I was seven. Uh, I, had just, um, I had just witnessed the Steelers celebrating – 
in the locker room after beating the Oilers. I didn't remember watching. I don't remember watching that game, but I must have watched it. As I've been on record as saying many times, my my uh, the first game I remember watching was Super Bowl fourteen two weeks later with the Rams and the Steelers. But I had to have watched that Oilers game. I just don't remember it. But anyway, I remember that game being on afterward, and uh, everybody thought the Buccaneers would win because they were playing at home and. But the Rams uh, were one of the best teams of the '70s, actually, and they had gotten close so many times uh, throughout the decade. But you know, the, the Cowboys were in the way, the Vikings were in the way, Washington got in the way. Um, you know, the NFC was pretty good back then. The NFL in general, I think, in my opinion, it was the greatest decade in the history of the NFL. And the Raiders it took them in, in the late in the late '60s. They were really good, and they couldn't get past the Packers, uh, understandably so. So. Uh, it took a while, but the, the, the 79 Rams finally made it to the Super Bowl. And that, they were actually a really good story. Um, uh, Pat Hayden was their quarterback earlier earlier in the year, and he suffered an injury. Vince Ferragamo, I think he was a rookie that year. He came on and, and was kind of like a, 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 uh, a, a shock that he was able to, to guide the ship the way he did. Of course, they had a such a, a great veteran team and they were, they relied so much on the run. So he was, he was really your, your classic game manager. Um, but anyway, uh, Pat Hayden got hurt. Um, uh, they had a lot of injuries that year that they had to overcome. Uh, their owner actually died. He, he, he drowned. So that was a, a tragedy. So, I mean, they, they had such a, they had a lot to overcome that year as, as a team and, and, and for them to make it to the Super Bowl was, was, uh, I think at one point they were five and six or six and five. I think they were six and five at one point. Um, but they, but they were able to win the NFC, NFC West. I think they won like one that, that division eight times in a row. And I think that was their eighth year in a row that they won. So, and they were nine and seven and, uh, they somehow managed to make it to the Super Bowl. So that was a pretty cool, uh, Steelers Freak says his favorite was Steelers was uh, Super Bowl 42. And I think we all know why. Why was that? Because the Giants, speaking of huge underdogs, they knocked off the 18 and 0 Patriots. So that was uh that was certainly something a game I'll never forget. Sherry Richard says of of Mayfield, I personally hope he does well, just not against the Steelers. Well, I think that's a, a sentiment we can all agree on. Of course, he'll, he'll only play them now as long as he's with the Panthers once every few years, including this year if he wins the starting job, which at this point, if he can't beat out Sam Darnold, I guess there's no hope for that guy. <laughs> um, so I fully expect him to 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 be the starter by, by, by week one. I, I don't think they would have made this move if they didn't think that that um, Mayfield had had in him to win the job. All right, let's keep uh, George Teston says of NFL films, John Facenda, what more needs to be said? The voice of God, as he was dubbed, and certainly uh, from the late 60s through 83, 84, he actually passed away unexpectedly right after the 83 season. The last uh, narration he did was Super Bowl, which one was that? Super Bowl, one with, the, with Washington and the Raiders. I think that was 17. 
uh, following the 82 season. That was the last one he did. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Following the 83 season. That was the last one that he he narrated. And then he, he passed away un- unexpectedly that offseason. But yeah, he was certainly a legend. Harry Callis was fantastic. Um, every time I, I, I think of him, I, I think of the, the NFL game of the week that aired every week for, for many years. The, the voice of the Phillies. Uh, of course, he passed on. I think it was in 09. Uh, Jeff K was was fantastic. Um, there are a lot, like 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 if you watch America's Game, that, that series. Uh, Tom Selleck does a good job. Lawrence Fishburne, I think he could be an actual NFL films narrator if he wanted. To, if if uh, he hasn't been doing much in the film industry lately, as far as I can tell, uh, he's great. Um, uh, Bruce Willis did did a lot. Uh, I think his name's Josh Charles. He does the. Um, the uh, uh, a football life series. He narrates that. He's really good. So, you know, I think it's neat. Like if I had the voice for it, I, I'd love to narrate NFL films features. But yeah, uh, Homer Green asks, "Is Larry O's foot going to be good for camp?" That's the million dollar question. Right now, it appears to be so. But you know, until you see him on the field. Uh, it's to me to me it's you, you can't count on it you can only be optimistic this is uh one from philip philip it 82 who joins us from youtube and they ask do you think zach gentry is capable of making a gronk like impact by setting the edge in the running game well i mean he really uh improved last year as a, as a blocker we, we i noticed it in training camp when i when i went um uh one time at to Heinz field, he was fantastic. And other people note, uh, noticed that as well. And of course he, he made huge strides last year. So uh, Gronk like, I don't know. I mean, that's a big, that's a tall task. We're talking about the greatest tight end who's ever lived, who ever lived. Uh, but I, do, I certainly think he, he can continue to improve as a blocker because he made such great strides last year in 2021. All right. And Sherry Richards says, uh, apparently I said Jeff Daniels instead of Jack Daniels. Uh, or no, yeah. Who, what's his name? Jeff Daniels? Who, who, what is the guy, that guy's name? Jack Daniels is, is the, uh, James Daniels. I'm sorry. All right, James Daniels. All right, well, whatever. It's live radio. What are you going to do? Thank you, uh, Sherry. But yes, I never, I never watched The Big Lebowski, by the way. So uh, I guess that's uh, something I should be ashamed of. That's a movie I definitely need to see, being a, a big-time bowler and all. Brian Brown says of the Baker Mayfield trade to the – no, they didn't. The Panthers would have been better off with Mason Rudolph. Baker is a crybaby. Well, so what, you're, what I'm hearing there, Brian, is that you think that Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And if, you, and if you're saying that, that means – Mason Rudolph has a great chance of beating up Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett for the starting job this year. So thank you for that input, Brian. All right. What else we have here? State of the Steelers says it, it, it has been denied by the way, from what I understand that somebody within the Browns organization said they wanted an, an adult in the room. And that's why they were, that's why they soured on uh, Baker Mayfield. 
Uh, but anyway, uh, State of the Steelers says the Browns said they wanted an adult in the room and they signed Watson. Yeah, it's, that's a total Browns move, isn't it? But we'll see how, how it shakes out. And it's another one from State of the Steelers. And he says, Watson missed last year. If he misses more than a year, at some point, abilities will diminish. Won't be the same. Wasn't great to begin with. Well, I I mean, he, he never he never uh, elevated his play to the greatest in the in, in the game. But he was certainly, I mean, I think the ability was always was is apparent. You know, prior to twenty twenty one, he was definitely one of the top five, six, seven quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so it's just a matter of uh, of how long he's out and and if he can psychologically overcome uh, these issues. All right, what else we have here? Let's see if we have any more six-pack answers. Answers. This is from Steel Chick 46, and she says, Panthers draft Matt Corral, one of the top quarterback prospects heading into the draft. They drafted him, I think, in the third round. They have Sam Darnold, but trade for Baker Mayfield, guest Panthers coach, desperate to keep his job by making sure they have a winning season. Honestly, Steel Chick, I think they're just trying to find the answer at quarterback because – um, if you don't have that guy, like we said many times, it's, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, compete in the NFL and, you know, Sam Darnold, you know, they, they traded for him last year. Um, they picked up, they agreed to pick up his fifth year option, which I believe is 18 million for 2022. And he didn't play all that well last year. Uh, but they're still on the hook for that money in 2022, but, but they had a chance to go out and, and uh, get Mayfield on a on a, a theoretically a one year deal because it's the final year of his rookie contract uh, for what four or five million plus you know a a, a uh, what a a mid round pick uh, that's all they had to give away for him so um, I I don't I don't I think you know. Basically, they're on the hook for twenty-two million dollars this year for the quarterback spot. Now, you know, if Mayfield plays lights out this year, if he say he beats out Darnold and, and he plays lights out, uh, well, then you know you're going to do whatever you can to retain him next year, and I'm sure he'll want to stick around, especially if he if he becomes this you know Pro Bowl, uh, All Pro quarterback for the Panthers, and he finds himself in a good situation, and he fi- and he feels appreciated. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be able to retain that guy, and you can move on from Darnold. As far as Matt Corral, of course, he's the wild card. He's the, he's the rookie. Um, again, he's one of the top quarterback prospects heading into last year's draft or this past year's draft. And um, you know, if 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 the other two guys uh, flounder and 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 he shows promise, then you move on from from the two veterans, and you you have this. This uh, young guy on a, on a rookie deal, you you have him for two, what, three more years after this at a at a cheap rate, you know. So, I, I think they're just they're, their situation is really not that much different than what the Steelers are doing, you know. They, uh, the 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 Steelers have a, a, a 2017 first round pick, a 2018 third round pick, and a 2022 first round pick, you know, as their quarterbacks plus a seventh round pick. 
So they're just trying to, uh, uh, you know, put, put as much talent, throw as much talent at the position as possible and see what happens. All right. Sherry Richard says she agrees with my comparison. It was just like the Archer move. I think it was. It, it was. It was a team that was desperate. I mean, I mean, is there a more desperate team in sports to to win than than the Cleveland Browns? You know, I mean, you know, they, yeah, they they made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, they have a, a really talented roster from top to bottom, but gosh, you know. They're still the, the the brownies until they prove otherwise. So yeah, I think they 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 were um, they were desperate to show to, to show their fans that 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 they're, they're serious about winning. Brian Brown asks, are they going to do a progressive commercial where, where Baker and his woman get evicted from Brown Stadium? Uh, well, since they control the the um, the rights, you know, Baker's the star of that commercial and his wife, I guess, is the co-star. So I think they'll do one where they're moving out. It probably won't be at that stadium. They probably won't let them do it at that stadium, but they'll probably do one where they're moving out, which, I mean, that's a no-brainer. How can you not do that if you're progressive? I mean, that's that's uh, that'd be funny. This one from State of the Steelers. I am concerned for the outside linebacker position outside of TJ Watt. Highsmith should be next behind Watt and Hayward, but had less sacks than Wormley last year. Three linebackers is a bigger question mark. Or third linebacker is a bigger question mark. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think you have to be encouraged by what Highsmith did last year for a second round or a second year player. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you want to see him continue to progress because they're only going to, to uh, pay more and more attention to TJ Watt and, and shift protection over to his side more and more. I mean, it's going to be harder with Ogan Joby in there now and, and Hayward playing lights out still. And uh, you know, so, but still, I mean, if you're an offensive coordinator and you're not doing whatever you can to, to, to neutralize TJ Watt, shame on you. But uh, you know, I'm excited about Highsmith. I, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see what how he progresses this year. Dark Storm says Baker's dog is a real star. Well, I think I, I think you'll be hard pressed to find somebody who disagrees with you on that. Everybody loves a good uh, a good uh, uh, animal actor, so to speak. Tyler Barr asks from youtube will we see mateo durant this year uh well i guarantee you'll see him in the preseason now whether he can he can uh do enough to beat out anybody to to make the uh final roster that remains to be seen i mean it's always we're always excited about these uh undrafted free agents heading in the training camp but you know more often than not they show us why they were undrafted free agents who was the guy last year that was he uh, the UDFA cornerback from Michigan State that ha- had great uh, PFF, just ranked him so high and gave him such high you know grades for an undrafted free agent, and he didn't even make the team. So, but I expect you know it, it would be nice if they can get like another Willie Parker situation. All right. 
I think we had a fine. Ooh, John Hickel asks, which Steeler will have a breakout season? Pat Fryermuth. I think he's going to be a star. And, you know, obviously it's, it's going to depend on his quarterback. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the tools are there. The, the athleticism is, is there. He's not your typical inline blocking tight end. This guy has a chance to be a mega stud in this league. And if he, if he uh, can find himself in the right situation, as far as a uh, quarterback and, and a play caller and, and, and schematic standpoint, look out. I think it's going to be, it's going to be Pat Fryermuth. All right. I think we've, we've had a nice productive show, had some hiccups trying to do a new format or trying to add a new segment, but I think that went fairly well. I loved uh, the one answer about Super Bowl four. Or I'm sorry, the, uh, the NFC title game heading into Super Bowl 14. That gave me a warm and fuzzy feeling. But I'm going to bid you all adieu. It was a fun show. It was a spirited show as always. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, don't forget to keep checking back into Behind the Still Curtain, both the website and the podcasting platform for all of your Steelers news, needs, and uh, you won't be sorry. Until I talk to you on Monday on The Hangover with Brian and Shannon, you have a great weekend. And as always, as I like to say, go Steelers. Have a great weekend, everybody.